on to another fabulous <laughs> Friday. We're bringing some flavor. We've got me, Zana. And you got Jess. And we're here to keep your gin up. Um, another amazing episode for you today. We have actually a friend of Jess's coming on um, who runs kind of a sustainable farm or trying to live a sustainable life. Um, and we cover a lot about how to be sustainable in your normal life, um, what you can do to kind of help the planet. Um, and the little things that we can all do to just leave this place a better place than we found it, which I loved her quote that she used. Um, but yeah, we will not dive in too much of it into our intro because the episode speaks for itself. Um, but we will start with our Spill the Teas for this week. So Jess, what was your Spill the Tea? Okay, my the Spill the Tea is a little embarrassing, but I feel like people can relate. People can relate to this one. So... If you're not a fan of Sex and the City, I don't really know if we're going to be friends. But no, just kidding. Stop but you should definitely now. watch it. It's it's just it's just such a good show. I love Sex and the City, and they've just launched um, a new series of them being older women called Just Like That. And mm. I have never been so excited for something to start yeah. on TV. Like I barely watch TV, but I was just like, oh my god! So as soon as the launch date was there, it was my first night in my new house. Um, to myself and so I'm on Thursday Island on a contract and I like had a glass of wine had some dinner and I was like I'm going to watch it I'm so excited now Sex and the City is normally like fun and like hilarious and you're always kind of laughing this episode got me in my feels so deep like I won't say what happened if you haven't seen it but something so bad happened that I was sitting on the couch, like hyperventilating, crying my eyes out. I've never cried that hard. I can't even remember the last time I even cried, but that was the most hardest I've cried in such a long time. And I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, I'm very invested in these characters. (laughs) I know, but I have the exact same thing. And it's like a spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't want to hear anything about this, please zoom ahead because you may not have listened to it yet or watched it yet. But I was thinking the exact same thing and it made me like question my entire life. Like these people are characters. They're not even real, but I'm just like, how could they do that to us? And I was hyperventilating and I was- I I was was, like mad. I was mad. I was crying for the entire two episodes. Like I couldn't stop. I was like- same. And every, and it was just like also emotional having like all of the same um, characters come back as well. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was just so amazing seeing them all together and like they were all going through this like emotional thing and- it was just, it was so emotional. Like, cause they were emotional. I'm like, these were my people back in the day. Like I watched I every single episode and I watched every single movie. It's almost like they're, it's like weird because it's, I guess the same thing's kind of happening to us now when people reach out to us. It's like people reach out to you because they think they know you, but it's like, we think like, we feel like we know the Sex and the City characters. We feel like they're our family and it's just like, yep. it's so sad. So whatever happens to them happens to us. And it's like, it's so weird. Putting like I'm your... so glad I was alone, eh? Because I yeah. was just sitting there and I thought to myself, if my housemate comes home, I look like a fucking mess. Like I'm sitting here, I can't stop crying. Like I just went into bed and I just like hugged my pillow and I was just like, that was traumatic. <laughs> but mm. really excited for this week's episode. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. really excited. It's gonna so, be great. Like yeah. it was a low point, but they're gonna pick it up. Hopefully, we're gonna mm. we're gonna pick it up. But yeah. yeah, that was my spill the tea. It's just, it's been a long time since I've kind of been in my very own company. Like I haven't been yeah. by myself for so long and to be by myself and having that experience and cry my little eyeballs out. I was like, wow, this is, this is deep. This is deep. Yeah. And just doesn't cry much. There. No, I really don't. Eh? No. And it's just like, I didn't have Zana there and I was just like, this is hard. This is hard. So that was my spill the tea mm. for this week. Yeah. <laughs> Emotional so, breakdown. Um, yeah. Emotional breakdown. Yeah, for sure. It was hard. That's right. Um, what is your route. spill the tea? Well, my spill the tea is um kind of a more of a happy note. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So like me and Jess, as if you guys have been listening, we have a lot of things happening, a lot of things that are changing in our lives, I guess, in the next like six, 12 months. And I was kind of just having this like anxiety moment. Like I, I guess like a lot of people do when like change happens. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? This is also exciting, but also like, I have to change everything in my life. Like I've got to do so many things in the next six months. I've got to sell like everything and start again. And I was just like, oh my God, I knew I, I knew it's what I wanted to do. And I knew that like, it's amazing and exciting and great. But I was also just like, what am I doing? So I was, I kind of sat in bed. It sounds really embarrassing to say it out loud, but I was sitting in bed by myself and like Jess wasn't there. And I just kind of said out loud, I was like, hey universe, <laughs> if you like want to give me a sign, like just show me like a blue butterfly or something like show me some sort of sign that like just tells me that I'm on the right path I'm like I just need something just like please help and then um I was like 
going out for a walk the next day and I was like, oh, maybe I'll see a blue butterfly today. And I kind of was just like walking and I saw some butterflies, but they were just like yellow butterflies. And I was like, I'm not going to read into that because anyone could read into anything and just be like, oh my God, I asked for butterflies and they were there. I was like, they're not the blue butterflies. I'm not going to read into this. And there's blue, there's yellow butterflies everywhere in Brisbane. So I was like, if I'd said yellow butterflies, then I mean, of course I'm going to see one, but I said a blue one. And so I was like, I'm just going to just go with the flow. That's not what the, that's not the sign. And then um, I follow this girl that I think maybe a lot of people follow um, called Comfortable in My Skin. Her name is Allie. And she is a photographer of vulvas and she photographer, photographers, photographs. She photographs people's vaginas. And yeah. Vulvas. vulvas, not vaginas, vulvas. Yes, that's right. Um, and she was doing this photo shoot with this girl that she'd like photographed like three years ago, but her camera wasn't working and she ended up having to take them on her phone and it took them three years for her to make another appointment to come back and actually properly photograph her vulva. So this girl had like progressed in these three years and whatever. Um, and so I was stalking this girl's page because she was like one of her first customers um, that she had when she started this business. I was just stalking her and um, didn't really think of it, anything of it because I just got into the stalking spiral like, as we do. And then I clicked on this photo randomly and her caption was like, just call me butterfly girl. And I was like, oh, that's cute. And then I had this like, it's almost like this sinking moment happened. It was like this weird feeling. I was just like, you know, when just like all of a sudden like, this realization happens and like, whoa, it's almost like you get this warm, weird feeling. And then I looked at the photo and she had like three blue butterflies tattooed on her. And she also had, had a blue butterfly like in her bio and it was like her comment was about a butterfly girl. And this was like the next day after I'd uh, like I'd said that. And I was just like, this is like really coincidental. Like she could have had anything tattooed on her. Like why does it have to be three blue butterflies? Like it's just weird. And I just had this like feeling, this weird feeling that like that was what the universe was trying to tell me. And I know it probably sounds woo-woo to a lot of people, but I just got this like feeling and this, this sensation that the universe was like, this is it. This is the sign that we're telling you. Like, it's all going to be fine. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. But anyway, that's the right sign. <laughs> but I love that. I love that. It's so exciting. Yeah. And then We've like since got then. Our contracts as well. Yeah, we, since then we got our contracts. Yeah. It's all happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. So yeah, we will be um, recording from Saudi in about six months. So stay tuned, guys. But by then. We'll have so many, so much content and um, oh, so hopefully much. it'll all be booming and pumping and we'll be providing the goods to you every Friday because we ain't going to stop. No, no one's going to stop. <laughs> anyway, stop. enough about us. <laughs> yes, enough about us. We're going to talk we, about yes. sustainability. Yes, and we have to leave it to our amazing guest speaker, Lisa, to deliver us the goods and we are going to head on to the episode now. We hope you enjoy. Okay, bye guys. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We are hey. so excited for this episode. Oh, God. I moved my chair. That was not a fart, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I moved my, my chair God. back. Okay, FYI. Oh, um, <laughs> so we have a really amazing guest speaker who I've actually been asking for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to come on because there's a certain topic <laughs> that I personally really want to learn and I feel like people out there really want to learn this as well. And it's about sustainability. And I met Lisa during a travel nursing contract and we we're living on the road and and, you know, she's actually been a nomad before as well. And she was teaching me all these little important life hacks on how to be a better person for the environment. And they have always stuck with me. And I just wanted to do this episode so much so that she could teach me more because I miss her vibes and I miss her as a person. And <laughs> all I can say is a huge, huge welcome. Thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, we are so pumped. So first of all, like, what is sustainability? I was thinking about this. I was like, oh, good question. Um, so sustainability, you've got to think of the word, so just sustain. So we want to sustain our environment and our planet for the, like, future generations to come. Um, so currently we're definitely not doing that, um, thanks mm. to the whole world, but that's all right because we, we can start to think if we start to change our mindset and the more people whose mindset starts to change regarding sort of sustaining our environment, then, you know, the big corporations and things will hopefully follow, you know, people power. That's what I like to think. So, mm. but yeah, I do think we can go one better. We don't just sustain our environment. I think we can leave it better than how we found it. That's what my mum always taught me when I went anywhere. So. So has this journey began from when you were a child then? Like, was your family very into being sustainable or like, how did this begin? Um, like no more than any normal family. Like I grew up on the beach, so definitely like had nature right there. Um, and I just through just life and 
wanting to make the world a better place. That's why I became a nurse, um, you know, try to help people. But when I started to travel around and I do diving and I traveled um, in different countries, you just see the waste and the plastic pollution and um, you realize that, God, what have we done? Like we can keep our beautiful Australian beaches like pristine clean, but then you see like you just go to like Fiji or like other, you know, other countries and you just, there's waste everywhere. I remember I was on a, a chicken bus in Guatemala in Central America and I was going to these beautiful mountains. They were like rainforest, gorgeous mountains. And then it literally like we turned a corner and there was just this like literal mountain of rubbish, like oh, just God. going all the way down. And they were just dumping all of their rubbish like down this mountainside <laughs> and I was just like and it was just you know coke bottles and just plastic crap and like all this kind of crap that we don't need to have in our lives and yeah you know at, we send our waste away so we don't have to look at it but other countries have to deal with it you know so I didn't really love all that and I thought well how can I <laughs> try to help this problem or at least not contribute to the problem yeah so so you kind yeah. of were like, I guess, like in your what, like in your mid twenties or something, when you kind of realised that, is that when you kind of started doing, I guess, more for the yeah. environment? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, especially getting more into like diving and things like that, and just swimming around in plastic. <laughs> it's not super mm-hmm. fun. So, and the more I got into that, and there's, I mean, there's so many facets of like sustainability, um, and you just explore. <laughs> You go down a deep rabbit hole when you start going into them. So we could talk for like 20 hours on this podcast about sustainability, but I'll try to keep it simple. <laughs> has, um, the, has the chicken van got anything to do with this? Like, can we just bring back the chicken van? Like, why, well, why, are, we, why are you bus. in a chicken van? <laughs> so, so a chicken bus, if you're going to Central America, you, you hit Mexico and they use... Um, it's so cool. It's like my favorite form of transport that I've ever been on. I would just, I wish we had chicken buses in in Australia, but um, so they get old school buses, you know, those yellow school buses yeah. from America, they pimp them out like crazy. Like they put lights on them then paint them all different colors. Depending upon the driver, you could be listening to like gospel music blaring or you listen to like reggae music or like crazy Latino salsa music. And then they try, they cram as many people as they possibly can onto these buses. So you're like, you know, two seats with like five people. You probably got a child on your lap and your backpack's being thrown up on top and it's just a while. And so they called them chicken buses because they used to like the locals use them for their transport. And so if they go into the markets, um, they would bring their chickens. <laughs> so there'd okay. be chickens on the buses. And it took me like four or five countries before I got to actually see a chicken on a bus. And I was so excited. Wow. <laughs> like, oh my God. Chickens in Fiji as well. I remember that they used to have like it used to be dependent on the driver what like music they played and stuff. They had ones like that in Fiji too. Yeah, they're so fun, and it's it's just a wild ride. Like everything's chaos. Like you have no idea where you are, and they're like, you know, next stop this, and you're like, oh shit, I think that's where I'm going, and they're like, you like because white person, you (laughs) like you're going to take your child back, take your chicken back. I need to get off. Move. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's definitely good for the environment. You're sharing transport. I mean, I don't oh. know with COVID times how that's gonna go down. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a COVID yeah, outbreaks happening on those buses, mm. I'm sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chicken bus COVID outbreaks for sure. hundred uh, yeah. percent. Okay. I'm glad we just brought back that. Yeah, sorry. Not chicken van, chicken bus, but that was, that was crack up. Yeah. All right. Good public Love transport that. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So <laughs> and very sustainable, hundred percent. Love that. Um, so, okay, so your journey started quite young, being on the beach, and you've seen it obviously more and more as you've travelled the world. I lived in Indonesia and I, it, it's it's so disgusting yeah. to see it all, hey, and they've actually just got waste everywhere. Yeah, but like, so how, so Australia I feel like is good for sustainability. Do you reckon? Do you agree? Uh, well, yeah, we could do better, but I think... I think as a as a nation, we do we we understand a lot about um, recycling, and we obviously want to look after our environment and things like this. But um, when I think about what we're going to do about sustainability, like us as a nation, especially like um, a developed nation, we can do a lot more. Like 
Um, per capita, I think our carbon emissions are still some of the highest. Um, you could say, oh, India has the highest emissions, but they have like a billion people. <laughs> we yeah. have almost the same amount and we're 25 million. Mm. So um, when you talk about sustainability, like, you've, it, you know, it's everything. It's the plastic, it's the um, carbon emissions, it's um, how we eat, how we grow our food, which is definitely something I'm doing and trying to get more involved in these days. Um, and it's, there's just, there's yeah, so many um, factors to it um, that come into yeah. play. And I think as a developed nation, we could definitely be doing a lot more. I feel like as a developed nation, like this is just my kind of thought about it, is that we'd actually be worse because we're the ones that have all of the businesses and the buildings and the cars and all those things that are creating emissions. Like you'd think that actually the developed nations might be the ones that are actually contributing worse to the environment. Yes, absolutely. 100% we are. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was actually, we're the ones. We're actually worse. (laughs) I mean, how many how many families have two cars and we have air conditioning, we have heating, we have all of the electrical appliances, we have like we build houses and then we knock them down and build new ones. We get new phones every few years. We buy new clothes, God, almost every day, like mm-hmm. for some people. We throw away so much food because we have, you know, we have such a um, disposable income. We just, you know, whatever. I don't care. If, oh, yeah. I didn't eat that. I'll just chuck it, you know, and we don't even compost. Like so many people, like, <laughs> I don't know, there's so many things we could do um, just in our, our homes and and with the decisions that we make um, that people in less developed nations um, don't even have the option, but they're, they're doing better than us. <laughs> so. Yeah, I guess they live off the land more as well. Like if you're saying in those mm. African countries and things, they probably do create less because they are living off the land. They are already farming and living off their produce and stuff. So yeah, we guess even though like they're technically like behind in other areas, like we could learn from them in so many ways. Yeah, we sort of, I think we tend to get like, definitely when I was younger, you get that kind of white saviour complex, like, mm. oh, I'm going to go to Africa and save them all. And I'm like, oh, my God, now I'm like, what can I learn from them? Like yeah. they're doing it right. Like we're the, we're the ones who need to learn from. And it's, it's very much I was listening to something the other day and it said, you know, um, before you go and try and clean up someone else's backyard, clean up your own. Like don't worry about what's yep. going on in their nations. Like let's fix ours first. So think local. That, no, think global, act local, as they say. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so like where did you start? Kind of like what was the first process like that you were like, okay, I'm going to start implementing this and then it kind of snowballed from there. Um, so I think probably one of the first things I, uh, did was I went vegetarian, which is a, um, a, it's in flux. <laughs> it's, I'm definitely not vegetarian anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that cowspiracy movie, um, which is definitely overinflated, but it's very interesting to watch if you haven't watched those kind of movies. And I thought, oh my God, if I want to do anything for the environment, I can't possibly eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that was the very beginning of my journey. And I, but I think um, you've, you've really got to understand that you just, just start somewhere like it, and, and continually adapt and change as you find out more information. Hence, say me not being like full vegetarian anymore. Um, so, I, yeah, I went vegetarian. I started being like, yeah, like we've really got to fix this environment. Um, and I, I was living in like Newtown in the city at the time. And so obviously like there wasn't a lot, um, like you could protest and kind of do this kind of stuff. But I was like, oh, I'm a practical person. So um, I came across another thing I found was um, I like little challenges. So I can do like a month challenge or things. So I think that's a really good way. And I found this great little um, challenge called Plastic Free July. Mm-hmm. And that is for the month of July. It actually started in Perth in Western Australia and um, by a couple, I think. And you basically cut out plastic, like all plastic for the month of July, um, which is really hard. <laughs> like you're like, geez, like you don't even realise it. You, you pick up mm-hmm. something and you're like, oh, my God, that's plastic. Oh, my God, that's plastic. So um, I think the plastic thing has gotten a lot better in Australia. Like um, I started doing Plastic Free July maybe like five years ago. Um, and it's good to do it for a month really hardcore 
because it forces you to find alternatives. Um, mm. But I have to say, like, don't let yourself get too caught up in the whole of like, well, now I've got to be plastic free the whole year because, like, um, you'll just you'll drown. <laughs> so, yeah. And you'll you'll get to like the one thing I would say: anyone on their sustainability journey is just just take it one step at a time and do one thing and. Don't feel bad about like if you, if you're not perfect because nobody's perfect. Um, some people aren't even doing anything, so at least you're doing something. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I definitely got like kind of snowed under in like a oh my god, I used this one tiny bit of plastic and I'd make myself feel really guilty and and it was just you know it doesn't help because then you so mm. you just go okay right now I have to use it so that's what it is I'll do better tomorrow. Like, so, um, but the challenges are really good because like you say you'd be really hardcore for a month. You find out all these new things, like um, instead of using a plastic toothbrush, you can use a bamboo toothbrush. You get your keep cup instead of the coffee cups. You learn that the coffee cups, even though they're paper, there's actually a plastic lining in them. So um, there's uh, obviously plastic water bottles so you can get your drink bottle. Um, if you use straws, which people still do, you can get your bamboo or your metal straws. Um, and then you start to delve a little bit deeper into the rabbit hole of plastic and you find out your clothes have microfibers of plastic in them and you could, um, and when you wash them, they release and they go into the ocean. So you're like, oh, my God. Um, so that's when you start to look for natural fibers in your clothes. So you just make sure everything's, you know, cotton or hemp or um, wool, things like that. Um what else? Plastic. Gosh, everything's plastic. <laughs> um, really is. Yeah. Try to make sure you buy your vegetables, like not wrapped in plastic. And then, then you can start like looking into things like bulk food stores where you can take your own containers and mm. um, fill up your rice and your pasta and all that kind of stuff. So um, there is a whole rabbit hole for plastic free yeah. lifestyles. Um, but I think the plastic free July is a really good place to start. Uh, just by going, okay, looking around your house and being like, right, what's plastic and how can I replace that plastic? And then, yeah. And even just like, um, I was just thinking about that as you were saying that, like I was like th- imagining myself walking through the supermarket and being like, okay, I'm just going through going on a supermarket shop. Like what am I going to buy? Literally, as soon yeah. as you walk in, if you grab a vegetable, you put it in a plastic bag. If you go yeah. get, get spinach, it's in a plastic bag. If you go get a juice, it's in a plastic container. Like you it's so hard. I was just thinking, I was like, there's nothing plastic. that I would pick so up that's not in plastic. A tip, for, a tip for spinach. Um, so you can get the spinach that's just um, loose and mm. you uh, mushroom bags. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I use the paper mushroom bags for anything that I need to put in a bag. If I don't also, I, oh my God, it drives me crazy. People get like one orange and they put it in a plastic bag. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I don't ever put my fruit in bags. I just put it straight in the, into my bag. Oh, yeah. So oh, it's like, it's in, first of all, an orange you peel. You don't even eat that outside. But even something like an apple, you wash it anyway. And like, so. And you just chuck it in the bottom of your thing and it rolls around and whatnot. But, mm. yeah, the only thing I use for the, the paper bags is obviously mushrooms and the beans, you know, like small things that, you know, you can't really just have them rolling around the bottom of the trolley because they'll fall out. But, um, mm. yeah. What about so, meat? I want to do this. I want to do this. So, oh, well, meat, meat, yeah. um, meat is what I was actually going to talk about in regards to food. But um, meat is you can actually take... If instead of buying your meat from a supermarket, which I don't, you know, if you can avoid doing that, I think that's really good. Um, you, if you go to a butcher, you can actually take your own container and mm-hmm. you can request them to put it. That's that's food safety and laws. Like that's that's okay. Um, okay. And they will put it in your own container. So, um, yeah, as long as it's clean and stuff, obviously. Don't just take your old meat thing and yeah. <laughs> not clean it. Chuck it um, yeah, yeah. But, but then if your I mean, pla- so if your container that you're taking is plastic, like how do you find a container that's not plastic? Glass. Oh, look, this glass. is this is where you compromise as well. Like it's yeah, glass definitely. But like if it's a plastic container that you know, you you just when you're going to buy plastic if you are going to have to buy it, just buy like a really good quality one that you know is going to last you. Yeah. Um and try try not to lose it like, you know, I'm really good at losing things, so <laughs> Yeah, um 
But yeah, so just just buy and if once you start spending money on better quality things, you then will appreciate it more and won't lose it so much because you'll take better yeah. care of it. If we just buy something cheap, you'll be like, oh, I left it at work. Oh well, whatever. Mm. Like, yeah, I think that month, but- like the plastic free thing, is is really cool. Like, I I think we should try and do it. Like, obviously, we, we might do it. I don't know. You don't have to do July. July. Yeah, you can yeah, be in can, any month. Do it in well, April. The good thing about Plastic Free July is it's now a worldwide thing. So you can kind of, it's a great little community to be part of in July and you can join the Plastic Free July group and they, you get lots of little updates and everyone says, hey, this is what I'm doing. Oh, I found this great like little um, option for whatever. Mm. Um, so it is, it is it's fun to do it in July because then you're doing it with people all around the world, which is really cool because, yeah, yeah, it started off with, in Perth with like 10 people and now it's like hundreds of thousands of people all around the world. That's so, awesome. That's the best. That's Zana, so cool. are you already thinking that we're going to be hosting an event for Keep Your Gin Up? For sure. That's our July event, 100%. What, a plastic-free awesome. event? July. Yeah, we want to try and promote and get people on board with this and be like, come on. We might not us. even be in Australia in July. <laughs> this is going to be very difficult. This is worldwide. <laughs> we don't have to do it like this for the whole worldwide. month. Yeah, no, but like we could be, we'll be in overseas. Saudi Arabia. How are we going to not buy any plastic when we're like setting up our lives for the first time? <laughs> we're going to bring proper drink bottles and refill them at the damn airport. Okay, okay. We'll do it. We'll do it. Every time you need it, you'll go back to the airport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, obviously we met travel nursing and like what advice would you have for someone that's like on the road all the time. So like, for example, I'm on Thursday Island right now doing a contract and I got here and I'm guilty. I bought a pack of 20 plastic containers to last Mm. me my eight week contract. So I could like chop up my vegetables in it and take them to work for lunches. I feel guilty. So guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but like, so should I, you know, pack a glass container, like a couple in my bag, like what are some things for a nomad, someone like living on the road? Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I mean, yeah, Thursday Island's probably a very different situation than most of mm. our rural contracts that we've done. Um, so I would say, especially, especially if you say doing travel nursing, you're probably living in a house where people have lived before. So what do you what did I would before you go and buy anything, I'd check first of all what's already in the house, match all those containers to those lids that are in the house, give them a good wash. Um I don't know if Thursday Island will have this, but what I found was um charity shops. Charity shops have there is one in every single town, like mm. Probably, you know, most towns that you would have done contracts in. I, yeah, I don't know about Thursday Island, but um, I used I used to get all of my stuff from charity shops. Like, so I could turn up at the beginning of my contract. I'd go, I'd pop down. I'd get, you know, even cooking appliances that I or kitchen stuff that I found weren't in the house. I just popped down to the charity shop. Like, they have so much, so much. Oh my god, um, you did that! You did that when we're on contract, and you got that really cute mug. I remember. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, that so, badass little brown mug. I loved that mug. That mug would have had so many stories. That mug saw some things. That exactly. mug's gone places. <laughs> and exactly. And then say, like, when you leave contract, you can either leave them in the house that you're already there or or you take them back to the charity shop. So, um, mm. yeah, there's, there's op shops. It's just it, we, we need to make, um, we need to make, like, a less what we call like a linear economy, which is just, you know, something's produced, something's used, something's thrown away. We need to make a more circular economy. So you use it or it's made, someone uses it, they send it to the next person, they use it, then it gets recycled and turned into something else and then it's used for something else and then maybe it breaks so then it gets repaired so then it gets reused, reused. So it's a real, it's a circle. So we don't just use things once in a straight line. We we should consider their their circular ability <laughs> to mm. be used. I love this. My, yeah, man, that's my awesome. mind is expanding. I love this. <laughs> so, yeah, love secondhand it. is the best. I mean, even if there's no um, what a charity shop where you are, um, there will 100% you be um, a Facebook marketplace. Mm. And you could, or like a Facebook community group where you are and be like, hey, guys, like you could say, I've just got to the island if anyone's got any whatever containers kitchen stuff or here they're not using I'd love to um you know buy them off you or if you want to give them to me for free or whatever um so we don't have to buy new and keep adding plastic to this world that's just gonna yeah. end up in the bin I love yeah that. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try so much harder 
Yeah. Every time I talk to you, Lisa, every time. (laughs) Facebook Marketplace is the best. There's so much stuff. Like, and yeah, like just people are just, they've used it and they've moved it on. And especially, and like with clothes, oh my God, like not Facebook, but like charity shops, like there's so many clothes that are just, especially when you go out, like people often wear their clothes for like one night out. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to wear it again. So they give it to mm. a charity shop. Oh, my God, there's, like, so many things. <laughs> so you're looking shop. at clothing and you're saying that, like, there's a lot of plastic in clothing. Like, what are you, what are you looking for on the label that's plastic? Just um, it's hard because there's a lot of, like, added, like, it might be 90% cotton but then, mm. like, 10% polyester. So it, it, it is a hard, it is a bit of a rabbit hole to go down with the clothing. Um, so... I, I only buy clothes from charity shops now. I, that was another one of my challenges. I did it for a year, actually. I, I can't remember what year it was, but I was only allowed to buy secondhand clothes. I obviously bar underwear and, you know, things like that. Yeah, but, yeah, don't be um, and I had, yeah, and I had three weddings to go to that year. Um, and all of my clothes that I bought were from charity shops, including shoes. Um, so, yeah, so... When so when it comes to clothes, so yeah, I do try to look for more, yeah, like 100% cotton. Um, I wish we used hemp more because <laughs> it's so fast growing and makes amazing clothes. Um, or wool, I think rayon is like some kind of silk or something like that. Um, but so with the washing, what people can re- recommend is um, if you've got clothes that have um, polyester or plastic fibers in them, um, like synthetic fibers you if you wash them in a bag it can just stop those microfibers escaping into the um to the water that then gets washed out and probably ends up in our oceans and whatnot so um try to buy um more 100 percent um, natural fibers but if not just yeah chuck put everything in a bag when you wash it um just to stop those little escapees hmm. it, it, for me it's kind of like one that's a bit it's a little bit down the rabbit hole, like if you're really hardcore. <laughs> um, but I do like, so if I am going and buying something new in a charity shop, you're obviously got to be a little bit more open with what you buy because there's not always a great selection. Um, and I figure, well, I'm still buying it secondhand. So that's my tick there. Um, but if I do go and buy something new, I will 100% only buy natural fibers. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so at least that we're not, that I'm not continuing the chain yeah. um, of that. And then you can compost them at the end of their life. If you, if you wear it till it's absolutely dead, you can just chuck it in the compost, which I love. Mm, <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. God, I you were op shopping so bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you've kind of like revolved your life around sustainability. So like you now live on a farm and you kind of live a sustainable life. Is that right? Like, how does that work on your, like for you and your partner? Um, yeah, so we'll, I'll, I'll tell you like the background of how I got here because it's been a journey. So yeah. I um, I was actually, so it was when I was traveling around Central America and I found this thing called permaculture and everyone is like, what? Perma what? <laughs> and it's, um, so it's permanent agriculture. So it's mm. really, it's looking at that like circular um, sort of way of um, agriculture. So instead of just, monocropping like your food and your vegetables or whatever one thing and then when you plant vegetables in the ground they um obviously just take that one particular nutrient so you can really degrade the soil by by doing that so um when you think of permaculture we we it's like a use a variety of different foods uh, plants and vegetables and things when you're growing and so some will give things to the soil some will take things from the soil so it's all everything's working together in more of a like biodiverse ecosystem so yeah so I found this farm and I started to learn about permaculture so that's really cool um for me it was a a really practical way to practice sustainability um it was like giving back to the earth like there's permaculture farms that say they took over a bit of land that had just been like absolutely destroyed by industrial agriculture like there was no nutrients left in the soil it's just an absolute mess and just by 
planting certain plants um, by using um, different systems, they completely repaired the earth, made the soil rich again. They honestly, like there's places where there's like, you wouldn't even known there was a river there, but then they've like, the rivers have started flowing again because of how well they have like wow. um, repaired the land and animals returning that they didn't even know that were there. So um, it's really part of that, yeah, leaving the earth better <laughs> than what you, how you found mm. it. Um, so, yeah, so I came back to Australia and I found out permaculture is actually an Australian concept um, by a guy called Bill Mollison down in Tasmania. He spent his life um, learning about nature and agriculture and he he looked out at nature and was like, wow, everything's kind of, it's in chaos but it's working. Um, you know, that really tall tree is shading those smaller trees and under the smaller trees are like little bushes and under the bushes there's grasses and then in all of that there's animals and birds and insects and everything working together and it's creating this perfect environment and he's like oh that's so weird why don't we do that <laughs> so uh, permaculture kind of tries to mimic that but in a, an agricultural sense to then provide food um, for the planet so I came home and I did my permaculture design course and um Obvious. And then I did an internship, so I worked on the farm that I um, did my course for three months and just learnt everything about, yeah, sustainability. And, um, yeah, the lovely lady was like a crazy plastic-free lady as well, so I'm like, oh, I found my kin. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I still lived in the real world and I still went on Tinder. <laughs> yep. And I got talking to this guy and he was like, uh, what are you what are you doing in Maitland? And I was like, oh, I'm doing like permaculture course. And I was just like expecting, oh, what's permaculture? And he was like, oh, that's really cool. I've got some chicken tractors in my farm and I've got my whole permaculture garden. And I was just like, oh my God. I want you. You're like, who are you? <laughs> who, who are you? <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's my my boyfriend, Mass. And um, yeah, two years later, I'm now living on, um, it's his family's farm. So it's still very much a work in progress. It's mm. um, a cattle farm and they do hay and bits and pieces. So um, Mass has sort of taken over small bits of it that we can do permaculture on. But being a generational farm, there's obviously old ideas that we are still having to um to work with <laughs> but you know hopefully as we you know we've made a lot of progress so far and we'll just keep making some progress but um yeah just trying to repair this little bit of earth that I've just been so lucky to be part of <laughs> so, Aww, I love that so nice. I love how this journey has led you to Moss as well like you've just done this whole journey oh. for yourself and it's continued on and I'm mm. so glad you brought that story up because I was gonna like dig that story anyway <laughs> Because it's so beautiful because yeah. you and Mus are just so great together and you just bond so well over the love of your land. And I love that. Mm. And I, I visited mm. the farm. What was the cow's name? Yeah. I love that cow. Oh, Freddie. Freddie. Freddie yeah, the cow. My first cow <laughs> <Yeah>. selfie ever. <laughs> Aww. No, it's a beautiful, beautiful farm. One. And you guys have done so well. Aww. Yeah. And like... It's, it's so funny. Like I, I listen to you guys and you're talking about your dating stories and you're, I listened to your single Pringle episode the other day and I was like, oh, like that was me. Like, oh my, listen to all of that. Like I, I was 32 when I met Mus. So, you know, I was like, oh, I'm not going to meet anyone. Like mm. I'm just going to keep going and like, I'm going to save the world and I'm going to keep doing this permaculture stuff. And, and Hey, like <laughs> just yeah, fine. Found someone and they want to do the same thing. So just don't try and find someone. Just try and do what you want to do and find yeah. the stuff that you want to find. And I think you'll find that you'll find someone else who's wanting to do the same stuff. And that's way better thing to bond over rather than, yeah. oh, we both like drinking coffee or <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's your life goals instead of just the superficial things. Yeah, love that. Oh, this has been a wicked episode. I've loved this. Thank you so mm. much, Lisa. No worries. No worries. But yeah, definitely like living on the farm, I've definitely, my new sustainability thing has been all about the food that we eat. And so mm. definitely you can eat local and eat seasonal 
and eat as closer to the whole food as possible. Like don't eat processed crap. Like just, yeah, go go to your local farmer's market, like buy their food. Don't do a month of no supermarkets. That's what we did in January. Mm, Okay. Oh, another good one. Yeah, that's, and that's really, that's how we're going to repair the earth. Um, Right. Before we um before we finish up, like give us a quick rundown on recycling. Like, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to do it properly? Um, a lot of people obviously make a lot of mistakes. Like Jess leaves pizza in the pizza box. Um, <laughs> yes, I did that. I did tell that. us what. Yeah, how do how do we kind of start that process of like making recycling easier for the people who are actually going through it in the end? Uh, yeah. So recycling definitely is a bit of a complex uh, issue. So. We used to remember we used to separate everything into like cardboard and glass and plastic and things. But depending upon where you are, it's different. In New South Wales, there's just one yellow recycling bin, everything goes in it, um, and it gets separated at the recycling depot. But um, we, what people don't know is that we often we send our recycling overseas to be processed. Um, so and. But before we send it, we've got to. I think they, I think they um, sort it here. But there's there's contamination that leads. So obviously we chuck it in the same bin, but then they've got to separate it into the paper, the glass, the um, plastics, the um, cardboard, things like that. So what you can do to help that situation and make sure there's say no contamination and things actually do get recycled um because if there is contamination it'll just end up in landfill mm. is yeah don't leave your pizza in the pizza boxes yeah, my, my bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> um uh, wash your food containers so uh with your milk um just rinse out your milk carton um take the lid off and separate it from your the bottle um if you've got a glass bottle with a metal lid definitely take the separate the glass and the metal you're chucking it in the same bin but if it's just separate um it really helps um and yeah and just rinse everything so there's like no yogurt in your yogurt containers um food definitely contaminates if um a plastic or if a a a container i think it's plastic if, if plastic has had food um if it's been used for food it can't be recycled to be used for food again um So it is definitely something to think about when you're buying food in plastic. Just know that plastic is 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 kind of like the last step that we like to think. We like reduce, reuse, repair, and then we recycle. Um, so yeah, so washing, yeah, washing out your containers, but just yeah, really try to just reduce the actual amount of. Mm-hmm plastic really um paper recycles really well um glass recycles really well aluminium recycles really well um with glass and aluminium if you have to choose between the two that's a funny like thing that I've gone through recently um aluminium to produce aluminium takes more carbon emissions than glass so maybe glass is a better option Mm -hmm. but yeah as I say it's the rabbit hole that you go down (laughs) Um, how deep will you go (laughs) yes but yeah anything's better than plastic at this stage um and then and definitely like um compost um so your food scraps uh there's many different ways to compost even if you don't have a garden um or at home like or like an outside area there's um little uh there's things called these bokashi bins you can get them at bunnings and you can put pretty much everything in there and then you just find someone with a garden three months later and just chuck it well, you just chuck it on a roadside, like <laughs> garden. It's, it's become soil basically. So mm. um, everyone can compost and that helps with our food waste as well because food waste sitting in landfill um, creates methane, which, yeah, helps deteriorate the planet. So mm. we don't want that. So, yeah, try try to divert as much waste as you can from landfill. I mean, this might be slightly off topic, but how does you putting your stuff in a compost bin stop the methane, like, from being released? Is it... Like how does that um, work? So because it composts rather than rots, um, mm-hmm. when comp, um, I don't know exactly the science, but yeah. when compost, it sort of it actually breaks down the food, and so it turns it back into um, to soil, or we call humus. Humus is mm. the building block for soil. Um, whereas if you put a bunch of food in like landfill and then it gets covered just um and there's no oxygen um like compost needs oxygen Mm -hmm. 
um, and bacteria, the right kind of bacteria to break down. If you put food into landfill, it just it sits there and actually just it rots, which sounds kind of very similar to composting. But com- imagine composting is like little microbes eating it away and then mm-hmm. pooing it out. And then the poo is like the humus and that's created this beautiful, lovely product that is soil. Um, when it rots, it's just the food just sitting there rotting and the rotting releases the methane um, okay. rather than, yeah. So, yeah, compost, you need like oxygen, you need like the right amount of um, nitrogen and carbon and things like that. But um yeah, that's that, that little bin you had. Remember that little bin? Yes. And then you spray, what was the spray that you spray on the vegetables yeah. in the bin? What so is that? Bacash is the easiest one because people are like, well, I don't have a garden, so I can't compost. And I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> so <laughs> Bakashi is, um, it's a Japanese system actually. Um, it's a little bin and they say you can put anything in there, like even meat, which I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. But I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't, but you, you mm. can apparently. And they have this little yeah. spray and you just, so you put everything in and then you spray um, this little, it's like a bacterial mm-hmm. microbe spray. And, um, and it's, those are the things that then eat, eat the food and then slowly turn it in. So you feel your bin spraying along the way, and then you close up your bin for, I think it's a month or two months. And then, um, in two months time, you can open it back up again and just put it on your garden. And I love that. remember in tomorrow, I bought that little bin. And I started doing yeah. companion planting and I loved my little plants so much. And yeah. then I used that little bin and I would pour the little juices into my plants yes. and it ended up growing so much and so crazy because it was so happy. So I was giving it happy yeah. juice um, that I couldn't fit it in my car to take to my next contract because it the, yes. the tomato bush the tomato bush went way too insane. So I donated yeah. it to the hospital that I was working at. <laughs> and I left my little bin at the hospital too because, oh, remember it was super stinky in my boot. <laughs> Yes. Oh no. <laughs> well, yeah. So there's bins, they don't have to be super stinky. Um, yeah. my I, my friend used to have a worm farm literally underneath her kitchen bench. And you're like, what the hell? Like worms and food and composting food, but you couldn't smell it. So yeah. it might take a little bit of like tweaking and like you've released like the juice that it produces, and there's a little tap at the bottom of the Bakashi bin. So you really got to make sure you're emptying that like every couple of days. And honestly, and then it, it won't smell. Um and I think we you just I think we probably didn't close it up for long enough and it hadn't properly done its job before we like emptied it yeah um I was loving that though that was so much fun like my my little bush went wild yeah oh and it's amazing I mean it's pure like food gold for the plants so even like you have half plants and stuff yeah but just yeah even if you like when you're walking to work just pour a little bit on the like you know grass or little flowers that as you walk into work and then yeah you'll help like there's always places you can put they still do have green spaces luckily in our world and Mm. you can help contribute to them so how inspiring is she, Zana? I bloody told you. And then we can keep talking about this forever. I'm like, I, want, I just want to keep talking about everything. I know. <laughs> the thing is we can always do another episode. Like we can absolutely do another episode and focus on another part mm. of sustainability. We'd love yeah. to have you back. Um, yeah. But, yeah, otherwise we'll just, I mean, people just have to listen to us talk and forever. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's, there's so many parts. And I was like, oh, my God, like which part should I focus on? And I feel so like I'm jumping from this to that and be like, oh, don't buy new clothes. You don't need to. Wait, come back to plastic. Oh, wait, recycle. Oh, wait, the soil. I haven't talked about the soil yet. <laughs> oh, I think great. we've covered, covered so a lot much. of bits. Yeah, you've covered the great yeah. bits. And I think that, like, if anyone takes anything from this, it's going to help our environment. So, like, anyone that yeah. any, anything that anyone can do is going to help. So, yeah, we really appreciate Absolutely. your information and knowledge. Yeah. And, yeah. No, no. Awesome. It's all been a journey. It's, it's been a journey. Just start somewhere. Like, and, and, and as I say, just the one thing I was thinking was like, don't, um, don't die on a pedestal. So like, just because you've gone vegetarian (laughs) and don't think that you, or something or vegan or whatever you're doing, don't, um, if you come across new information, don't just be like, oh, well, I can't do that. Cause I said I was this, you know, adapt, adapt and change and Mm. new information. So that's, oh, I'm inspired. (laughs) Well, before we wrap things up, we would love for you to tell us your spill the tea. Oh, yeah, we forgot. girl. Yeah. No, we didn't. It was on my mind. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my spill the tea, I guess it's kind of a spill the tea. But um, it was 
just listening to all your podcast episodes and just like, oh, like, oh, I know everything they're going through and just, I just think it's great. But I was thinking with life and I think you guys totally know this, but like, don't force it. Um, And that comes from like when I was single, I was like, oh, I just want a boyfriend. But then once I relaxed and I just did what I wanted to do, you know, I met Mars and it's just been magical. And I've recently, um, we have decided to try and make a baby. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, I know that's not my facility. I'm not pregnant. Oh. <laughs> but no, it was more that it came along with that line. Like, so it's, I'm 34. So it's quite, you know, like whether that's it or not, but we've been trying for like five months now and I was getting so super crazy emotional and like, it's really hard. Like you end up living in this limbo and it's nuts. But then I was like, Oh, my whole life I've just gone with the flow. Like Mm. don't force it. Like everything's going to happen when it's meant to happen. You know, there's probably always going to be something that, Oh, I've got now I want this, you know, before it was like, Oh, I'd love to just have a boyfriend, but like you can't force these things. So now it's like, Oh, you know, we'd love to fall pregnant, but don't force it. So everything in your life, like just don't force mm. it. Like let it happen and the universe will do what it needs to do. Aww. Agreed. Thank you for that raw and personal, like bloody amazing spill the tea. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, can't I was smiling. like, oh, wait, I'm not pregnant. I'm not spilling that. <laughs> that would have been the best spill the tea ever. We would have been like, mic drop. <laughs> Oi, can you go pee on a stick right now? Let's see. <laughs> see no, but I think maybe it's exciting because it's like, don't you know ever it's always oh I'm pregnant that's the exciting news but it's just mm-hmm. like the whole hey I just started this journey and it's really mm-hmm. really cool and it's amazing and I think that's just as beautiful as when the news comes if, if it comes exactly. you know Rosanna what are we sending we're sending love life and laughter to you always <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much bye, bye. bye. bye.